This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin Urrutia here. Today, I have a very special guest, Sean Castrina from the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. And of course, he's also a best-selling author. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? Great. It's good to be here. Sean, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I know you've been building companies for over 20 years and you've had many companies. So tell us how that journey started. I was basically going the normal route that people try to do. I went to college, got a degree, got my dream job, bought a house, got married, had a new baby. And then there was a transition in power in the company I worked for and I got let go like overnight. Didn't see that coming. And I knew then that I would never work for anybody long term other than to get what I wanted to get going myself. Kind of made that fundamental decision when it happened, like jobs are not guaranteed. Thought I'd be there for 20 years. And so when I got that epiphany, I transitioned my mind to, okay, I'm going to take control of this. And, you know, sold insurance for a year as I was getting things off the ground. And when I did that, I started a, which is funny because it's such a simple business. It's so non-sexy. It kills the whole myth that you got to have this great idea. I started an auto detailing business. I've never even cleaned a car in my life, not even my own. I got some really nice cars, but I just don't like doing it. I would go to these staff meetings every Monday and insurance is where I met my first millionaires. For whatever reason, it must be like selling crack because they're all rich. And they had really nice cars. I'm like, wow, imagine if you could just get these cars cleaned while they're in the parking lot. This is before a car wash every two blocks. I thought I'd start this detailing company. It was Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. America's Choice in Mobile Detailing was a tagline. Toll-free number 888-WE-DETAIL, which was 933-3824. I still remember it. And I made $35,000 while selling insurance passively. Somebody else cleaning the cars. The only thing I did is advertise, make the phone ring. When you called in, we had an answering service. She would just book it. Guy would go do it. I made 35000 Whether you realize it or not, it's like having $1 million in an annuity. I kind of figured it out then. I'm like, okay, wait, I don't have to be an expert in anything. I don't know anything about cleaning cars. I could figure that out. Service companies were where I got my aha. I've been rinsing and repeating for 25 years. Service companies, they're my sweet spot. My first company is actually a maid company. So I do home cleaning. So we're based in New York City, but we have a home cleaning company and we're in Brooklyn, New York City. We've acquired a company in Chicago. We're also going to expand to Florida. The businesses that make money are these non-sexy companies. I always joke about the five big myths that everybody has. And one of them is that you got to have this big idea. I haven't had a big idea. I started a handyman company 21 years ago. I make more money than the president of the United States with that company. There's just so much demand. I think people get caught up in this like, oh, I got to find the perfect idea. Just make a service-based business. I could literally list a hundred service companies that you can make money with. What I love about service companies is the business model is so simple. You don't have a lot of startup costs. You don't have inventory. So all you have to do is basically start with a unique value proposition. How are you going to be different than everybody else? There you go. Let me make it simple for you. Number two is you got to be able to market the crap out of that. Can't be word of mouth. You've got to put money into marketing if you want to scale it to where I do millions. And number three is you got to be good at staffing people that can deliver on that value proposition. But that's it. Here's the three things. If you have a unique selling position that makes you unique and you know it's better than your competition and your customers find that to be great, 
And then you just scream it from the mountaintops and everybody hears it. And then you can hire people that actually can deliver on it. My friend, you have a three-piece business model that will not fail. For the maid company. So right now we have 150 maids working for me. The staffing is really where you need to deliver. If you need the work, you find somebody to do it. And if not in the beginning, most services isn't too complicated. You can kind of go and figure out somebody that will do it for like some sort of price. I don't want to do anything around my house. Nothing. I have a maid company. I have people that mow my grass, people to clean my gutters. I'm an open checkbook. And there's a lot of people like that. And not even if they have a lot of money, they just don't have the time. Critical resource that we're all limited with. And I love service companies and they're my go-to company. That's literally how I started. And then that led me to do more. I guess you did your first company, right? And then your auto detailing. And then how long ago until you started your, your second one, your third one? So I started my auto detailing company. And then when I was doing that, I started really looking into advertising that would work. My responsibility was to make the phone ring. So I started a direct mail magazine. It was a really neat idea. Coupon, what made it unique, again, unique selling proposition. You got to be different than everybody else. Is that I would sell against Valpac and that I would say like Valpac, it's great. They open the envelope, they take out whatever they need, then they throw it away. So if they don't need you that day, they throw you away. So I had a magazine, it was thicker paper, the coupons were perforated on the right side of the page. I put kids on the cover and it was exclusive. If you were the oil change guy, there was no other oil chain. Domino's Pizza, I had no other pizza places. I felt like that was such a strong value proposition. I create the value proposition, the people that were going to receive the magazine, my homeowners, something thick, sturdy, cute kids on the cover. For my clients who are buying the ads, what's better than exclusivity? And then I did a really purge mailing list. To be frank with you, apartments typically have lower income. We eliminated all apartments. Any zip code that had more apartments and houses got eliminated. So that was a strong value proposition. So I started that magazine here. I had it in 23 cities. And then I needed to create a home office in my house because we had another new baby and I tried to get somebody to do it. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. So I started a handyman company and that turned into eight companies and millions and millions of dollars later. That's a pretty amazing company. When digital marketing came out, I needed to figure that out because I understood traditional marketing. So all these people were trying to sell me digital marketing. And I was in one meeting about three and a half years ago with the radio station. You You do a lot of radio with us, but... How about this? There was one person in that meeting who was really quieter, but smarter than everybody else. And I called him the next day and I said, listen, I'll sign on with you all if you handle my account, but we meet once a month in my conference room and I want you to explain it to me in under 15 minutes. What I spent, why it's working and why I should continue. And so he did that for me. I said that to him. And then when I got off the phone, get ready to get off the phone with him, I said, listen, by the way, James, you'll either come work for me, you and I'll be business partners, but I just want to kind of let you know that because I think you're really sharp. He said, I didn't know whether to take you serious, know whether you were the most arrogant SOB. I was humored by it. May of that year, he had been working with my company and our numbers were doing good. And I knew we were on to something. So I said to him, have you ever been to Disney World? Have you ever taken your family to Disney World? And he goes, no, not yet, but we'd love to because he had smaller kids. I said, I'm going to send you guys to Disney World. It's on me. He goes, why would you do that? I said, I told you when I met you that this is my down payment. I said, you're either going to work for me, we're going to be partners. And needless to say, we own a company called Gig Strategic. You can actually Google it. We're going to be up 120% this year through a virus. And so we started that company two years ago. It's doing incredible. It's a service company. I didn't understand digital marketing. I'd been working with people like online. They'd send me an email report every month. I had no idea what I was looking at. You know, they would do like impressions. I had no idea what that meant. But you had a million impressions. Well, I don't think I got any phone calls. 
so he kind of set everything up where they'd go to my website, request an estimate so I could track it. And I'm like, well, I want you to do that with all our clients. I want, we're going to work with local businesses right here because they will pay the money. We're going to be more expensive. You're going to get in front of people. That's going to be our value proposition. That's what's going to make us better than our competition. Needless to say, it was pretty great in business model and we're making a lot of money. And it's all good. Sometimes if you find like a great worker that doesn't have to work for you, give them an offer, give them a shot and let them know that you're thinking about them because sometimes they don't know that they're actually smarter than most people out there. My superpower is I see potential in people before they do. James never saw himself as an entrepreneur. Finally, his wife told him, it's so funny because she's quiet, real sweet. She goes, James, would you just grow a set of entrepreneurial yeah. nuts? He's going to launch this thing. He's guaranteed your pay. What is there to think about? We got to do this. I've done that. I have six business partners, basically all the same stories. I meet people and then I intertwine them into a business that I think where they have an expertise. They always have the expertise. I'm good at business. You know, I'm not passionate about any of my businesses. What's there to be passionate about, about a handyman company, but it paid for me to have a membership to the nicest golf course in our entire area, the nicest membership. It's paid for all my passions. That's another mistake people make. They either think they got to have a big idea or they've got to be in their passion. Yeah. Passion is an entrepreneur's mistress. And what you're saying is exactly how I think too. Everything I'm doing, not sexy, not fun. It provides the lifestyle I want and that's fun for me. I do like making customers happy. I'm really addicted to that's kind of my neurotic need to create a great buying experience. I'm good at that. My son says to me, you know, this was when Conor McGregor was fighting in Madison Square Garden two years ago. It was like a week before the fight. He goes, oh, dad, I'd love to go to that fight. I go, okay, well, go on StubHub. Ticket $3,100 a piece. Oh I said, listen, I want to feel sweat when he walks by me. I said, that's how close I want to be. Well, how are we going to get there? I go, well, it's five and a half hours away. I said, great. I call a limousine company drive up, drive back. It was like a 16 hour. My point is, is that when you have resources, it's paid for my passions. I love just business in general, learning, making customers happy, the marketing. Yeah. I love yeah. marketing. That is what I love. And then everything else is a vehicle for that passion marketing, cleaning, outdoor gear company, e-commerce services, supplements, everything. That's sort of where I live too. Yeah. I think people are like, somehow they're believing this thing. You need to be passionate about it. I'm like, no, like you should just like it making money. My first book, The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Startup Success, I said that my second unbreakable rule is forget passion, find profit. You'll talk to some customers and I was like, hey, like I think this conversion, this thing on your website is going to help you conversions. And then he's just like, oh, I don't know, the design's not going to look nice. I'm like, do you want money or do you want it to look nice? I think our whole generation of millennials, everybody tries to feel too good. Everybody tries yeah. to be so freaking perfect. Business has one purpose, make money. Because if I don't make money, I can't employ anybody. I'm not in business any longer. If I don't make money, I can't provide the taxes that send your kids to school. It all stems from a successful business. Nonprofits without profit companies. Guess who funds a nonprofit? Literally what I said to the guy too. I get that you want this to look good. You have employees and if you don't make money, they're not going to be working for you. I mean, you probably know when you tell other people, they get upset. I'm just like, sorry, it's the truth. You just don't want to hear it, right? Business is a fairly simple, you only have to do a few things right, but you mess up in any one of those and it's uphill battle. Figure out why your business didn't make money. You didn't know marketing or you didn't know how to actually sell things. You had a product that nobody wanted from the beginning. You're the only person who thought it was good. You yeah. read a few amount of books. Mm -hmm. Kind of how did that start? What's that been? Best-selling author. Wrap that up in under two minutes for you. Nice and easy. About 10 years ago, I was at the beach with my 
buddies from college. I do, this is where I can pay for passions. I rent a massive beach house and bring all my friends and their families. So we do vacation together. And I was on the beach and I was just kind of like writing down like one sentence things that I knew in business that I wish I would have maybe knew when I first got started. Just crazy things. When you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. I've only regretted the client I took on, never the client I didn't take on. Just little things. And then I started breaking them up into segments, into rules. And eventually it became, you know, the eight unbreakable rules for business startup success and did real well. It was just based on all my advice fell into kind of eight categories. And that's where I kind of shared. First one is if you're lazy, like I get this all the time on Instagram, help me start a business. No, you lazy son of a gun. I'm not going to help you do anything. Read my books, listen to my podcast. I will give you advice, but I'm not giving you an idea. I'm not helping you raise money. You got to do the freaking heavy lifting. Cracks me up. That's why I won't guarantee a course. I don't know what you do after you buy the course. If nobody wants to work for you, you're lazy. You come in at three o'clock every day. No matter what I tell you, you will run the company into the ground. Business that nobody wants, it will go out of business. I'm not responsible for that. You know, you got to be a great entrepreneur. Number two, you got to have a profitable idea, not a passionate idea. You got to have a game plan. Number four, you got to protect your business. You need to have partnership agreements, use payroll companies, have insurance, intellectual property. You got to do that crap. Staff a company correctly, man, not with friends and family. You staff a company with talent. New businesses get started. They got Uncle Billy doing the sale. Well, he's a good old boy. They don't market. We're a word of mouth business. You're a dumb, you're an idiot if you think you're a word of mouth business. That can only go so far. I joke about like Budweiser. They spend $25 million at the Super Bowl to remind you they sell beer and everybody on the planet knows Budweiser sells beer. They have to market. Know your numbers. You got to be like a savant with numbers, knowing your profit margins, costs and all that. And then I talk about, you got to keep learning. Failure is best heard through a secondhand story and it's a lot cheaper. Be mentored, read books, get around people that are doing it. I just gave you my eight unbreakable rules in under two minutes. The biggest mistake you learn is like you try to hire your friends and family, but you realize they're not workers for you. Plus, the thing is like they don't respect your authority. You must have a better family reunion than I do because most of my family resents the crap out of my success. So I don't see them helping me succeed. Again, you have a better family reunion than I typically have. So then I took that book and turned it into a fictional tale called The Greatest Entrepreneur in the World. And that was my second book. And then I just published because I was helping my son start a business. I just graduated and I was working with him and his friend. And I was buying business plan books. And like one was worse than the next. 350 pages. My head was melting. I'm like, oh, these are horrible. I literally have all of them. You look behind me. That entire stack of startup books on how to on your business plan. So then I, I finally just wrote mine because mine's 25 questions. Real yeah. simple. So I wrote it, published it. It's called The World's Greatest Business Plan. That actually works. It's just so simple, but it's legit. I put a few bonus chapters, how to be a great entrepreneur, chapter one of my first book. You can't be lazy. You know, you got to have certain skills to be a good entrepreneur. And I kind of shared with it in there. And I also shared a bonus chapter on how to pitch your idea to investors. You know, hey, listen, here's a business plan. But if I could get everything in your favor, you need to learn how to maybe get money if you need it. And number two is you need to know how to be a great entrepreneur. We actually give that book away free during the virus. If you go to my personal site, SeanCastorino.com. We always have a book for free on it, an ebook, and uh, you can go on it and get that book for free. That's a great offer. Yeah, people could definitely check that out. I think the number one thing that you just said right there, too, was you got to not be lazy. 
I get called all the time. How are you doing this business? How are you doing that? Like, how do you have so much time? You know how I do it. Like, I just work. I'm like, I'm seeing you posting all these dumb memes on Instagram all day long. Like, and then you're complaining about life. You can see why you're not successful because you're just complaining every two days. Don't work. Successful people, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, they all worked 100 hours a week getting their businesses up. That's why I get frustrated when people tell me to help them with a business. I go, I am not taking responsibility for you. Good number one advice for new people trying to do a side hustle or just to be a great entrepreneur, recommend they read your book because I think that would yeah. be a great inspirational story. But what's something that you think has super helped you? All right. So I'll help them in two quick things. A side hustle that pays you by the hour is a job. Let's separate side hustle and entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is when you can get paid for other people's labors. So let's always try to go the entrepreneurial route, even if it's at a small scale. Test your idea before you launch it. Test it in small samples. If you think you have something good, go sell it at a county fair, sell it at a garage sale, sell it online. Don't go all in until you know that people are like it, are willing to pay the price for it. Make sure you have a wanting audience for whatever it is you're selling. That is my biggest piece of advice. People get so caught up sometimes. I'm not going to tell anybody because it's a, the best idea. Okay. Ideas are worthless. It's what execution what matters. A thousand percent on that. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Find you, your podcast, your books. Go to SeanCastrina.com. You get a free book. And the podcast is really good because it's absolutely will help you start and grow a business called the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. Have one every day to help our entrepreneurs. And that's a real simple. Those two things, you get stuff for free and you'll get my best stuff there. I love talking to you. I think we have similar mindsets. So that's great. Great. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on the podcast. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.